Welcome to Daily Defining Moments. This is Pastor Allen, and I'm so glad you're with me. Our goal each day is to help you open your Bible and connect with Jesus. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We're reading through the New Testament portion of the one-year Bible in the New Living Translation. Today is September 4th, and our reading comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 7. Now, if you remember from the last few days, Paul said, we are ambassadors of Christ, Our job is to tell the world about Jesus. Then he said, we've got to live in such a way that people can see there's something different about us than the world. And then the next day he said, because we want to be influencing them rather than the world influencing us. Well, now in chapter 7, he goes back and reminds them of his first letter when he had to confront their immorality and how the church had kind of overlooked it and how it was hurting their witness. And listen to what he says. He says, I'm not sorry that I sent you that severe letter, though I was sorry at first, for I know it was painful to you for a little while. But now I'm glad I sent it, not because it hurts you, but because the pain caused you to repent and to change your ways. So he said, I'm sent that letter, and I know it was hard to read, but it produced repentance in you. You turned away from immorality, which was so important because we're protecting the church and our witness and our influence in the world. He said it was the kind of sorrow God wants his people to have. So you were not harmed by us in any way. For the kind of sorrow God wants us to have leads us away from sin and results in salvation. This is so important. So many times people get caught up on this idea about guilt and sorrow and and just getting discouraged about their sin. Here's what Paul says, the kind of sorrow that God wants us to have over our sin, our bad choices, right? He wants us to have a sorrow that leads to repentance, turning away from our sin and turning back to God. He doesn't want us just to beat ourselves up in self-pity. He doesn't want us to isolate from God and other people because we're embarrassed or we're shamed because that actually leads us deeper into sin. God wants our sorrow to turn us away from sin and to turn us back to God. He wants us to press into him. This is so important to understand. When you sin, don't run from God, run to him. And the truth is, that's that's not really our natural response. When we do something wrong, when we sin, our natural response is to hide to cover ourselves, to fake it, right? And what God is saying is, no, 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 don't do that. I want your sorrow to be a godly sorrow that leads you back to me. I want you to run to the throne of grace to receive help and mercy in your time of need, Hebrews 4, 16. God always wants us to come to him because it's in his presence. That's where he heals our heart which is typically what's driving our immorality is our pain and these unsettled issues in our heart. So God wants us to come 
to him because it's in his presence. And as we have a, a deeper understanding of the gospel and all he's done for us and how he feels about us, our heart heals, which leads us into a greater holiness, a holiness that's not based on our willpower, but a holiness that is a true reflection of the work of God, the grace of God in our hearts. So Paul's saying, I'm glad I wrote that letter, and I'm so encouraged that it produced a godly sorrow. You turned away from sin and came back to God. And that's what, man, my prayer as a pastor, this is, you know, every time I preach a, a sermon or even doing these podcasts and we put our finger on sin in our lives. Man, I'm always thinking, and I always feel this, kind of have this emotional response. I hope everybody can hear this and receive it and trust that my prayer for you is not that you would run and hide or ever be shamed or hurt, but instead you'd see the danger that we're trying to protect you or, or warn you about, and you'd hear the invitation to come back to God and allow Him to settle all of those deep desires in your heart so that you can begin walking and living in freedom. And you see Jesus doing this over and over and over again in the Gospels. People are living in sin, and Jesus doesn't chastise them. He doesn't shame them. He doesn't reject them, condemn them, walk away. What Jesus understands is all of that bad behavior is generally a reflection of a hurting heart. So he steps into their pain and he wants to connect because he understands my presence brings healing. He wants them to feel loved, feel pursued, feel desired, feel wanted, because he knows when that heals our heart, then we'll turn away from sin because we'll see the destruction and all the ugly things it produces in our life. And we'll turn to Jesus because we see the life and all the beautiful things that that produces in our life. So when we're reading the Bible or when we're listening to a sermon or a podcast or we're reading a book and it's challenging us, we got to be careful. Let's not reject the truth because it challenges our lifestyle or our behavior, or our thinking. Let's not allow it to shame us. Let's not go and hide, but let's allow it to draw us into the presence of God so that our hearts can heal, so we can turn away from sin, and we can begin living in true holiness, a holiness, again, that flows out of our heart and is not dependent on our willpower. And so Paul is talking about that in the Corinthian church. And then watch what he says in verse 11. He says, just see what this godly sorrow produced in you. He's so excited. He said it produced an earnestness, such concern to clear yourself, such indignation about that sin, such alarm, such longing to see me, such zeal and such a readiness to punish wrong. You showed that you have done everything necessary to make things right. Isn't that awesome? Verse 12, my purpose then was not to write about who did the wrong or, or who was wrong. I wrote to you so that in the sight of God, you could see for yourselves how loyal you are to us. We've been greatly encouraged by this. He goes on in verse 16 to say, I am very happy now because I have complete confidence in you. And Paul's just celebrating their response 
as a community to the truth. And listen, this is so important too. This letter wasn't to one person. It was to a community. And what we're talking about when we're in a community of people who love us and care about us, it's much easier in community to embrace the truth, to turn away from sin, to come into the presence of God, to allow Him to heal our hearts and produce life and character in us so that we can begin living in holiness and obedience that is a reflection of our heart and this community, not a reflection of my religion and my willpower. At the end of the day, we got to understand, willpower doesn't create holiness. Love does. The root of all holiness really is love. So let's come into the presence of God and allow Him to love us into holiness. That's the kind of godly sorrow He wants to produce in our life that leads us into repentance, leads us into God's presence, and leads us into freedom and true life. Let me pray for you. Father, God, I pray for every person listening. God, I pray that you would help us to draw near to you every day. It's in your presence that you heal our hearts and produce new life, the fruit of the Spirit, your character. And so, God, we just open our hearts to you again today. God, we give them to you. We ask you to heal us, and to grow us, to strengthen us, to transform us from the inside out. God, we want our lifestyle of obedience to be a reflection of what you're doing in our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thanks for being with me again today. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We'll see you again tomorrow.